0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to our uh, second podcast um, as a part of our MFL radio and our our work-in-progress name that we're still trying to figure out. Um, But we are in tournament
1: season now. Sean, how's how's everything been so far? It's going well. Uh, A few weeks ago, we had to submit the rosters. And what's always interesting during roster season is that you know, especially for Ciro, where there are seven captains and we have to make these group decisions on who belongs to one team and what the strategy is, who gets playing time. There's a lot of decisions we got to make within a group. And so for this podcast, we wanted to explore the idea of group dynamics and kind of the pitfalls and um, the benefits or like good techniques that people can do to, to have better group decision-making.
0: It reminds me of... And this isn't a direct uh, correlation, but it reminds me of that Netflix movie, uh, The Stanford Prison Experiment. Have yeah. you ever heard of it? Yeah, I saw it on Netflix. Okay, so it's based on a real study that was done at Stanford University in the 1970s. And basically, they wanted to see how people would respond to uh, roles that were given to them in like a group dynamic. So they had these uh, these these guys, these students, all volunteer for this experiment, and they randomly separated them and made uh, half of them prison guards, and then made another half uh, prisoners, and they put them in um, this like mock prison jail environment at Stanford University and videotaped everything they were doing. Um, And it was interesting to watch because in the beginning, like the guards, the people who played the guards weren't really sure how they were supposed to interact with the prisoners or how much power they would push or what they would make them do. Uh, And the prisoners weren't really sure if they were ready to submit to the prison guards or like, are they able to push back on what they say, things like that. But as you watch the experiment it's so interesting because the guards start to really take on that role and it almost gets like borderline like abusive. Yeah. And the prisoners suddenly have emotional like they get broken down emotionally that they start to feel like they're prisoners and they're intimidated by these guards. But what's interesting at the end of the movie and at the end of the study they did a interview with everyone who played a role. And they interviewed a couple of the guys who were selected as prison guards, and they were like, you know, it got really crazy there. Um, and and try to get an idea of like what their thought process was. And one of the prison guards said that, you know, I just wanted to see how far I could go before someone pushed back. And he said, and no one, no one stopped me. So he like they just kept kind of trying to see how far they could go, uh, and none of the prisoners like. Like pushed back and just kind of went along with it.
1: Yeah, and, and, interesting. yeah, I remember it was. I mean, I don't know how long it lasted, but it was like four days in a two week experiment, and it was just a complete just they ended uh, it early. Yeah, just abuse of power. Uh, so they ended it early because these people were going through such traumatic, uh, abuse. Um, But just, uh, are you saying the prison guards like the captains? And I'm just trying to understand the connection. No, no. I'm going
0: on record to say that I do not think that the captains are prison guards. (laughs) I was just saying that like, you know, it's interesting when you talk about group dynamics. I know you and I had this, we have kind of this shared interest in the psychology of how these things play out, you know. And, and we see that in the workplace too. Like how are decisions made, uh, whether it's a brainstorm or whatever, problem solving. And I wonder how that reflect Even in group social settings, when a group of friends are trying to decide on what to do right. on a Friday night or Saturday night.
1: And, and to, to your point with the, uh, the Stanford Prison Experiment, when there's one prison guard that was saying, hey, let's do this and pushing that envelope even further, and then everybody else kind of falls in line and conforms. And I think, yeah, you know, if you're in a boardroom or if you're a, a group of captains trying to make decisions, suddenly so there's one person who is more assertive than everyone else, and then everybody else just becomes agreeable. So it might not be the majority thought or the majority opinion that that goes uh that that advances, but just the most assertive one and everyone falling in line. so that's it could be one pitfall of of group decision making Do you
0: remember uh just thinking about group decision making? Um, when you and I and Denny were hanging out uh, one night at his place, yeah. and we were trying to decide whether we wanted to stay in or or go
1: out or
0: order in food or eat out, like yeah,
1: or it was like it was to stay in or go to his patio outside. Oh yeah, or right, yeah right, 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 patio.
0: And we were just like we were just, we were all just kind of like yeah, we don't know. We haven't really, you know, we're not really sure where we what we want to do. Um, but you had some strong feelings about kind of staying in. It
1: was cold. And,
0: yeah. <laughs> and he had strong feelings about enjoying his new patio furniture. Um, but we came up with this. Uh, remember how we made those decisions? Right. Rock, the rock, paper, scissors? Yes. Rock, paper, scissors has been a timeless and historical decision-making <laughs> uh, process. But methodology so to say. But um, yeah, it's funny because what we did was we essentially, if we threw out a one, like that means that it was a yes. And if we threw out a two, that was a no. And we decided collectively that whatever whatever decision we made that evening was going to be based off of this rock, paper, scissors methodology of one and two. And I was thinking like, can you imagine if real life operated like that, whether it's work or even even the MFL teams. Like If the captains, especially with all the teams that have multiple captains, if all
1: their decisions were based on rock, paper, scissors. I mean, it's, it's, it's a silly method, but <laughs> it, it, does, it does mitigate that risk of one person asserting their opinion and everyone falling in line. Because when you do rock, paper, and you throw it out, you, there's no biases. It's everybody who thinks... You know, or make, making their vote, you know, making their opinion. You could see what the majority rule is without anyone influencing them.
0: Right, because if if everyone didn't throw it out right away, and you had a group of people that waited to see what everyone else threw out first, right. that could influence, you know, their response too.
1: So, so there's another story that I heard when I was in MBA school. And the story was that there was this one father that saw his wife and she looked kind of down. So he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to try to cheer her up by taking her on a road trip to, um, let's say it's Gibraltar." And so he's like, hey, wife, do you want to go to Gibraltar with me on a road trip? And the wife says, okay, sure, I'll go. And then they go to the kids and they go to the kids, like, hey, you know, your, your mother and I are going to, on this road trip. Would you like to come with us? And the kids are like, okay, you know, we'll go. And so they go on this, you know, many-hour road trip uh, to Gibraltar, and you know, and it uh, starts so raining, and their their tire uh, gets flat, and the father's like, "Man, I didn't even want to go on this road trip. I just did this because I thought it would make you feel better." To the wife, and the wife is just like, "I didn't want to go on this road trip. I did this because you said you wanted to go, and I was just, you know, doing this because you wanted to." And the kids were like we didn't want to go. We did this because you both said that you wanted to go. And so we thought, oh, we'll just we want to be agreeable and we don't want to say no to that. And so now they this family finds themselves on a road to a place that nobody wants to go to. And I think that's one of the one of the pitfalls of group decision making is that you make these assumptions on what other people want to do and you know, and it's in human nature to be agreeable and and to you know not be disagreeable over things that might seem inconsequential but the problem with that is you might end up making a decision that individually no one would have made
0: but because no one like spoke up or right. shared their disagreements
1: and and it kind of it. Yeah, it kind of goes into the idea of like groupthink where I think there was another study that says if you had they had two lines and the lines are exactly the same and so in the experiment, they have a group of people who are in a, in like sitting around a table. And you know, let's say like 9 out of 10 people are in on the experiment. So it's only on the last guy that the experiment is kind of testing. And so they show all 10 people two lines that are identical. And each person says, oh, the one on the left is longer. The one on the left is longer. The one on the left is longer. Until it gets to the last guy. And they say, what is – and the question is, what is this last guy going to say? And I think 75% of the time, the guy agrees with the group and says, yes, the left the left line is longer.
0: Why do you think that is – like, you think people are afraid to, like, share their thoughts or do you feel like they
1: – I think a lot of it is, like, self-doubt and wanting to conform with the group. Mm-hmm. And if – you know, you might have doubts on what – which line is longer – but if 9 out of 10 people there with you says one thing, then you're more likely to be like, all right, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these guys know what they're talking about. Uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's a
1: strong pressure. to. Yeah, you know, I mean,
0: going back to the idea of like how the captains, you know, captains are all making decisions like this, right? It's like, it's good in some sense that you have a lot of captains because then it's not just one person that's making a decision for everybody. Right. You get a variety of people and... You know, whether the captains want to utilize the uh, paper rock scissors methodology. Um, one thing is certain that I think technology and social media has definitely changed the way that we we communicate. Even even for football and for MFL, like every team has a group me and right. captains have group me's or text groups or whatever it may be.
1: And it's good in the sense that it's really hard to get everybody in one room and to have that conversation. But the bad part about Texting is—you lose that that multi-layer communication of, you know, seeing someone, understanding, you know, or having the voice inflections and all that non-verbal communication that's just as important. Because I mean, I think I learned a long time ago that, you know, if you're trying to communicate anything, you're having conversation about anything that's like really important. If you do it over text, uh, people are going to misconstrue it in one way, and it's just going to lead into a more miscommunication than anything
0: are you talking about breaking up with a girl on text message Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) stay tuned for our other podcast on on relationships i think we're getting a little off topic there which i mean it, it could it could it does somewhat relate but um but even within captains um i think like everybody i feel wants to know that they're being heard and understood and sometimes a text message doesn't convey that. But if, you know, if the way I say, hey, I care about you and through my voice, even though I'm not saying exactly those words, but the way I say it it signifies that I care about you, then at least you feel like you're understood and cared for, right. even though I disagree with you.
0: And because even when, when it comes to football and these teams, right, captains or players, like, you can't expect everyone to agree, a hundred percent on every decision that's made and the direction of everything. Right. But yeah. I think people genuinely want to know that their thoughts are being considered or being heard. So, you know, doing it face to face or like being able to hear each other's voices makes, makes it better because you could say, you could walk away from that being like, all right, well we disagree, but we're disagreeing, but we're going to, we're going to move in a certain direction together. Like we're aligned on, on what the objective is. And if this is the road that majority want to go down then let's let's explore it. like I've communicated how I feel about it, but because I trust that we're all kind of shooting for the same thing, like you know I'll move in that direction at least we had a discussion about it. but I feel like that that tone and that um uh you know whatever it is, the agreeability of it, mm-hmm. it gets lost in in texts and group
1: music. Right. Right, and and kind of going to your point about the process, and as, as long as everyone is is agree agreeable to the process, then at least there's that other component that's really important. That once you make the decision, you got to get everybody else to buy into that decision. And I know uh, Jeff Bezos, when uh, one of his like signature sayings is to disagree but commit. So yes, go fight, you know, argue, go through the pros and cons. But at the end of the day, when a decision is made, even if you're very much against it, you agree to commit to that decision and execute it to the best of our ability. And I think it's really important when, uh, if you have a process that everyone agrees with, it helps with the buy-in. Because people understand, okay, how was the decision made? What's the process? And so if that's where we're going, well, let's let's, let's do it.
0: And I think as captains, it's important that there is that kind of uh, alignment or you know, being able to agree and say, okay, look, we have to make these decisions. We're not going to agree on everything, right? But can we still align and still move forward together? But also, it's important for them to listen to the players, too, you know? Yeah. Like, we don't want it to be like, again, not saying that it's like they're like prison guards, but <laughs> just that idea of, you know, that the players are intimidated to share their thoughts or to push back or anything like that, like, I think that we, we should foster healthy team dynamics and part of that is letting listening to players giving even if you don't go with that direction or whatever it is but giving players on the team an opportunity to share like what they're feeling or what their thoughts are on a decision that's being made because you never know like the captains could get something from that that maybe they didn't consider before but on the player side of it i think it's also important to trust trust your captains you know and trust that they're not just thinking about you know, just this tournament, but they're thinking about the future of the team, you know? And so you may not always like the decisions that the captains make, but, you know, I think you said it best, you know, before, it was just, you kind of have to trust the process. Just process, all right? So, well, uh, that's about all we had for today. Um, still a lot to talk about, but, you know, as uh, I guess you're prepping and, and getting ready for the tournament, um, whether it's now or in the future, you know, just... <laughs> It's really interesting. Pay attention to just the dynamics of your team. I think a healthy team dynamic is going to be good for for all the teams that are competing. But but yeah, that's all we have. So thank you guys so much and uh, stay tuned.